Well, welcome back, guys, to another episode of The Wraparound. Um, this week, it's one day late, even though last week I said it wasn't going to be late anymore, but this is not as late as it was last week. But regardless, here we are. Uh, we're going to talk about new things, finally, no more Stanley Cup. So there's, but there's obviously other things that are on, you know, the table that we need to talk about, one of them being the expansion draft. We're also going to take a little bit of a look into the, um, you know, the upcoming 2021 um, NHL draft as well and the top prospects for that. The Wraparound with Grace, Alessia, and Marjorie. But like I said, we're going to start off with the uh, expansion draft and the Seattle Kraken. And so recently the league released um, all of the team's protected lists. And obviously we're not going to go through all of them because that would be absolutely ridiculous. But we're going to talk about the biggest surprises on the protected list who maybe you thought um, should have been protected and who wasn't or, you know, who's not protected and who should have been. I don't know if I just said the same thing, but either way, you guys understand what I'm trying to say. And so, yeah, give me your thoughts on that, guys. So this one was a bit of a surprise for me, but I know many in the hockey community found this as a huge surprise. So um, one situation regarding the Montreal Canadiens was Jake Allen. Jake Allen was you know, one of the players that I think a lot of people saw Seattle taking from Montreal. And Jake Allen is now pr- being protected over Carey Price. So before this all happened, there was a lot of conversation around what Mark Bridgman would give up to even save Allen, because obviously the choice was to protect Carey Price and maybe what we're gonna be, what was gonna be his next steps to replace him if Allen was taken. But now Jake Allen is safe. Carey Price has been left unprotected. And this all comes because Price waived his no movement clause specifically for the expansion draft. So in this situation, what I'm thinking is that Mark Bergman would only do this if there was a small chance Price gets taken. But I know a lot of you may be thinking, well, if Price is available, why wouldn't a new team take him without having to give up huge amount of assets or to perform a trade and all of that stuff. But there are some key things that Seattle needs to look at. So one thing is Carey Price has a 10.5 million cap hit. He's almost 34 years old. We've seen his quality of play in the regular season slowly decrease. And in September, he's owed an $11 million signing bonus. So if Seattle decides to pick him up, they're gonna be paying that $11 million signing bonus right off the bat. Then Price waived his no movement clause only for the purpose of the draft. So essentially what this means is Seattle can't claim him, then trade him. All the trades must be approved by Carey Price. So in the future, let's just say they claim him. If they want to trade him, it might be difficult with that. So like with the situation in terms of his no movement clause. And lastly, according to Pierre Lebrun, Price will be meeting with a doctor this week regarding a knee issue, which may require surgery and a hip injury as well. So when you're thinking about this, even though all of these things would make you think Seattle won't pick him, according to a lot of reports, the team is still very much considering it. 
So we'll have to see tomorrow what happens, but let's just say I'm stressing out right now. I love this Carrie Price situation. (laughs) (laughs) I don't. Mostly because I think it's hilarious. But also the Seattle Kraken would be absolutely insane to take on a Carrie Price size contract when they probably won't have a team like the Vegas Golden Knights had in their first year. Like, this team is going to be a lot more mix and match than that team ever was. To protect Jake Allen, obviously, if Jake Allen was available, that's who they would have taken. Whereas with Carey Price, there is still that question. But, Alessia, to soothe some of your worries, (laughs) there's so many other fantastic goalies who've been left unprotected that would be good for Seattle Kraken to start with until they build up that prospect pool and their backups and everything. Halak is available. Holtby's available. Yes. Quick is available. Rask, Ranta, and Bishop. Some of them are top of the line goalies, like within the past few years. And to take Carey Price that heavy of a contract when you could get maybe equally as good of a goalie in the regular season for less money, I feel like you're going to be okay. I think you'll be okay, Alessia. <laughs> exactly. Like, there's so many, like, Like the things I mentioned, those things I think would steer maybe Seattle to picking another goalie. And like you mentioned, there's so many good goalies out there right now. It's incredible. I think one, I think in this kind of like situation with the expansion draft, it's kind of 50-50 because there's also the thing that potentially they take price, even though he's a higher cap hit, he could be the face of Seattle. Just like kind of like Flurry was with Vegas, you can say. So it's 50-50, like obviously I'm stressed out about it, but like Grace mentioned, it might not happen. It might, there's so many good goalies that have a lower cap hit than Carey Price. So we'll have to wait and see. This joke is specifically aimed at Marjorie, but instead of taking Carey Price to be the face of their contract, they could take Josh Levo because the Calgary Flames Ah! left him unprotected. When was the last time Levo even played? Poor guy. But I mean, who wouldn't want? I mean, Carey Price having a sign-in bonus of $11 million. I really hope I can have a drop one day that gives me that kind of money as a signing bonus. That's absolutely ridiculous. Can you imagine being like, oh yeah, his wife's name's Angela. Can you be like, oh yeah, Angela, don't worry. Buy the expensive granola bars. We got $11 million coming in in three months. Like, like that's insane. What kind of life is that? That's a lot of money. Speaking of Angela Price, when this news actually came out, she put on her Instagram story. I don't know if you guys saw. She told everybody not to worry because a lot of things will make sense in the next coming days. So we'll have to keep keep a lookout for that. I don't know. I don't. I don't, I don't know how I feel about that. Just because I mean, Angela Price is kind of is pretty vocal when it comes to like you oh, know yes. hockey and you know and her husband and so I. Like, I feel like that has like a million different meanings and like to not take that really that seriously. I feel like it's, 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 it's a weird thing because I feel like hockey partners are either like super vocal or super like on social media, like with their partners or, you know, you can't find them. I guess you could say it's a lot of emotion and I guess a lot of athletes don't show too much emotion when it comes to, you know, contracts and, you know, money talks and blah, 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 blah. 
um, it's just pure business. So it's always weird to kind of, I guess, see some emotion in, in, you know, these situations, but either way, interesting stuff. I know Alessia is stressed, but as Angela Price said herself, you know, everything will make sense, Alessia. So do not worry. <laughs> but yeah, so good one, Alessia. Thanks for that one. And how about you, Grace? Any surprises? Any, you know, anyone you guys, you already were like, yeah, I expected that. For most of them, I wasn't surprised. The leaves, problem. But like, we don't really need to get into that because I'll talk about it for six hours. Um, I did want to ask you guys two questions. I'll present my information and then I will ask you the question. The Boston Bruins left Taylor Hall unprotected, which to me makes sense in order to protect the core of Bergeron, Pasternak, Marchand, DeBrusque, McAvoy, all of those great players because Boston somehow it kills the game every year and nobody quite knows how they do it. So it makes sense in the back of my mind. In the front of my mind is after everything that went down with Taylor Hall in the past year, you left him unprotected. And what does this mean for Taylor Hall's future in Boston? Will he be traded? So I guess that's my question to you guys. How do you feel about the Bruins leaving him unprotected? And what do you think that means for his future in Boston? I don't know. I feel like a lot of teams have left um, quite a big, I guess, big names unprotected. I mean, like Columbus left Max Domi unprotected as well. Um, so I don't know. Reading into it, I don't, I don't know. I really don't sense like a lot of like, you know, secret stuff going on or that like they did it for like a, a big purpose other than the fact that the, other than the one that you just said that they probably wanted to protect it, protect their main guys. I don't know really how likely it would be for Seattle to really go for Taylor Hall. I don't, I don't know if that's someone that they would genuinely uh, go for. Um, seeing that Taylor Hall, even though Taylor Hall had a pretty good, you know, time with Boston. I don't know. I don't know. I don't read too much of it. I don't think Boston would trade him because I think they see the potential that uh, he has and that, and seeing him finally kind of find his stride with that team. I don't, I don't think they would be that cruel to kind of just take him away from something that he's finally, I guess, or take him away from a team that he's probably starting to really enjoy. I think for me, there's two kind of things that would probably lead the Bruins to leaving Taylor Hall unprotected. And that's number one, kind of what Marjorie mentioned. I don't think it's too likely that Seattle will take him just because of his cap hit. And not only that, there Taylor Hall moved a lot over the course of a couple years throughout in the NHL. So who knows if, let's just say, Seattle takes him, will he have the same kind of chemistry with those players? Maybe not because it took him this long to finally find a home in Boston. And like Grace mentioned, it's probably to protect their core players as well. They see that Seattle taking him is pretty unlikely. You leave him unprotected and you risk not losing a core player. So I don't think it it uh, kind of hinders the relationship between Taylor Hall and the Boston Bruins because from what I've been seeing, that relationship is still pretty good and he had an amazing season with them. So I don't think it, uh, I don't think we should be reading too much into it, but who knows? We could be wrong. I just thought it was so funny and I wanted to hear what you guys thought about it because some people were really reading into it, like on Twitter and everything. They were like, oh my God, they left Taylor Hall unprotected. 
They're going to trade him to the Toronto Maple Leafs. And I say that because Marjorie loves the idea of that. God, literally the worst idea ever. Anybody who speaks of that, don't talk to me. Yeah, I, you mentioned people reading into things. You do not want to see Habs Twitter right now with the whole Carey Price thing. It's just a mess. Yes, I so do. I, it's so, so com- entertaining. So I, so I completely understand where people are coming from reading into this whole Taylor Hall situation. Hockey so. Twitter is just a ridiculous place to be in. My favorite place with. on earth. It's just insane. But I mean, I don't know. So if, funny. If, if you're reading into Taylor Hall, like I guess, you know, it is what it is, I guess. But I don't know. I don't know. I just don't think I just I don't think Boston would be that cruel to just trade yeah, exactly. him or give him away. I think that'd be a really sad thing to do, especially since they have the money to keep him. Like, why wouldn't you keep him if you have the means to do so? And because he played so well, like it's just logically it doesn't make any sense. The Colorado Avalanche le- protected Nazem Kadri. After the history of Nazem Kadri in the playoffs and the past few not-so-great events between the Colorado Avalanche and Nazem Kadri, what do you think Joe Sackick, the GM of the Colorado Avalanche, was thinking in protecting Nazem Kadri? Would that, if you were Joe Sackick, would that have been a move that you did? No. Um, personally, no, because, like, Landis Gog is available, Right. And that's a pretty big one. <laughs> that's, that's, you know, that's your captain right there. And so um, I don't know what's going on in Colorado. Um, obviously, you know, I guess we can't really take away from the fact that, you know, Nazem Kadri is a pretty, you know, you know, I guess good player. He, you know, he performs when he needs to perform in terms of the regular season that he, you know, he produces goals and, and assists. And, you know, he's, he's a decent forward. Like you can't really take that away from him because he, you know, he does what he needs to do in terms of, you know, him being a hockey player. Um, is he the best asset to keep, in terms of personality and, you know, like you said, history. Um, I want to say no. <laughs> I mean, like, like, why would you want to keep a player who's clearly shown that, I don't know, maybe shown some selfishness and um, isn't really willing to take one to for the team he kind of just lets I guess you know his own mind get to him and you know you know it was also shown with the Toronto Maple Leafs and I guess ultimately that's what you know got him off the team and traded to to Colorado um so I don't know what they're really thinking about keeping Nazem Kadri. I mean I really don't know what Colorado's situation is like in terms of you know cap and you know in terms of uh you know what other assets they have that maybe you know they would rather keep uh, or would rather give away and, and keep Kadri for. I, I honestly don't know. But in terms of, I guess, superficial and just like level, like just looking through, you know, what I see, you know, through the TV and through, you know, tweets and whatever. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know what they're really thinking over there. I mean, there's not really much I can add to that, Marjorie, pretty much summed it up. I think if I was the GM, you see Nazem Kadri as a 
pretty decent player in the regular season. He's contributed to Colorado's power play and he puts up some decent points. So that's what I would take away from it. But like Marjorie mentioned, you know, he's kind of a different player in the playoffs. And sometimes that hinders Colorado's chances. We've seen that in the past. So I don't know. I'm kind of on the same page as Marjorie, but you know, he he's still a good player, don't get me wrong. But like Marjorie mentioned, maybe there could have been other players that could have been protected over him. But, you know, only Colorado knows what's going on there. And there's a lot concerning their captain right now that they have to take care of. So, yeah. That was definitely something that I was thinking too. Like you could have left Kadri unprotected and they probably wouldn't have taken him. So why would you not waste a protected spot, but use a protected spot on him for all of those reasons that Marjorie just said. Like, it just didn't really make any sense to me. But again, like you said, only only Joe Sackick knows. I mean, like, I really don't understand why they would um, put Landeskog um, or unprotect Landeskog. I mean... Linus Kong is still fairly young, 28. I mean, like, isn't that the time, you know, players are usually in their prime? So, or maybe, you know, late, maybe he's kind of coming out of that phase. His salary is only 4.5 million. So it's not like, you know, one of those, you know, uh, salaries that you would want to get rid of in terms of of cap space. Um, So I don't know what the rationale is behind putting Landeskog, unless there is, and I really just don't know, and people have been talking about it, and I'm just, like, completely out of the blue. But when I did see Landeskog on that list, I was a little thrown off. Well, I was going to say, right now, they're in contract talks, and apparently the contract talks between Colorado and Landeskog haven't been going that well, so that could potentially be a reason why. Well, yeah, that's one that's one situation. But then if that's going on, like like then that's even sillier because why wouldn't the contract talks be going well with your captain? Wouldn't you want to find, you know, or wouldn't you see, I guess, see the value in that? Or maybe Landis Scog is asking too much. I don't know. I feel like there's just I don't know. I feel like something weird is going on over there. Well, his last contract was just over five million per season from what I'm seeing. So he likely wants Mm -hmm. a lot more than that. So who knows if Colorado isn't willing to give him as much as he wants. And it's nearing free agency, which is July 28th. So I guess they're just going with, I guess, McKinnon now. I guess that's, I guess, the poster boy for the organization. And I guess Landis Gog is just being, you know, left behind, unfortunately. (laughs) That sucks for him. Those were my two questions because everything else just kind of seemed normal to me. The Carey Price thing was a bit of a shock. Other than that, everything kind of checked out. I mean, like I said before, there's so many players on these lists. It'll literally take us probably like two hours to like meticulously go through each. Can you imagine if we talked through every single player on every single team? That'd be ridiculous. (laughs) Like, you know, the amount of research we would have to do that probably have taken us like weeks of research to actually. Also, I'm not editing that. I like my job, but to do that, that's too much. (laughs) Yes, that would like, that'd be, I don't know. That'd just be you on the computer for 12 hours straight and me having to deal with the aftermath. 
of that. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so that that was uh, that, I guess. Like we said, the expansion draft is tomorrow. So I guess we'll see what happens and who's taken. And then next week, we'll kind of take a look at who was taken and how that team uh, meshes together. Now, moving on to another piece, well, another piece of news, but a very exciting piece of news and a really happy piece of news um, because I think it was yesterday that the Preds prospect Luke Prokop uh, came out as gay, um, which is a big, big announcement for the LGBTQ plus community and also, uh, you know, for sports in general, not even hockey, because um, even in, you know, the other major sports, like in in basketball and um, American football and stuff like that, uh, baseball, there haven't been many athletes who have come out during uh, their times with their clubs. It's mainly once they retire. So him being the first to come out in hockey while being under contract is absolutely amazing. And it's a great first step. And I hope um, other people follow suit. Yeah. And the NHL also announced yesterday, right after um Luke Prokop made his announcement that they would be donating $100,000 towards LGBTQ organizations in coordination with Luke Prokop, which is pretty nice to see. It's amazing to see. And it was also really nice to see because I was looking at the comments and uh, under the post and I was really scared because when uh, TSN or Sportsnet posts videos about, you know, women athletes or stuff like that, um, the comments are not really that fun to look at. Um, so it was a scary kind of, I was going in blind because I was like, I really hope people are happy. I really hope people are positive. And thankfully, people were very happy. You know, there wasn't, um, I guess, any bad comments from when I was looking at it. So I'm hopefully that's helping change um, the narrative and some things and hopefully um, helping people see you know things with kindness and not hatred because um, there's way too much of that in the world going on right now big news and congratulations to Luke who um, you know is a brave thing to do it's not it's not an easy thing to do especially when you're in the spot like a spotlight like the way he is um, so Congratulations to him for living his true authentic self because that's all you could ever do with the short time you have here on earth. So I just thought we should mention that because it was uh, just great news to see and something that we we should all be uh, celebrating. And um, talking about prospects, him being one of them for the Preds, we're going to kind of take a look into top prospects for the upcoming draft. and yeah, players to look out for who are not, um, yeah, players, I was just going to read it off or straight off the outline, but no, players to look out for, um, we're going to see some top draft lists. Mm, you guys know we love talking about the draft and Grace especially since she loves junior hockey. <laughs> so we're going to talk about a little bit about that now. Well, the top three rated draft picks are Owen Power, a defenseman from the NCAA, Luke Hughes, a defenseman from the USHL. And Simon Edvinson, I wanted to know if the, was the first name Simon or is it pronounced in a different way? Because it might be. So I'm very sorry. <laughs> it could, if it's Swedish, it could be Simone. Right. And that's what I was wondering. But in all honesty, before I prepped for the show, I did not have time to look it up. Although I am not <laughs> Swedish, so do not take my word for it. <laughs> um, I know how to say girl in Swedish thanks to Duolingo and it's Flicka and that is all I have. 
Um, but he's a defenseman from Sweden's Hockey League. And I thought that this was really cool just to make note of because the top three are defensemen. And then I think the fourth one was a goalie, which is really strange for the draft. Usually you go with forwards. Um, but that's also kind of where the NHL is at right now. They're kind of revamping their defensemen all across the league for the upcoming years, trying to get better defensemen, stronger defensemen, but also the game is changing. The game is changing into more of a fast paced skill game rather than a tougher game. So a lot of these defensemen are also going to be smaller guys who are really skilled and know how to move the puck around. Um, So I just wanted to make note of that before we started to get into this. (laughs) Two prospects that I'll have my eye on, one of them being Matthew Beniers. Uh, He was a part of Team USA at the 2021 world juniors and won the championship he was also the youngest player on the roster and he had one goal and two assists so that's a player i will be keeping my eyes out on and grace mentioned a goalie and that's who i'm going to be talking about is jesper wallstead he's one of the best goalies going into this draft that i've seen he's played in the swedish hockey league and played pretty good there with men he also represented sweden at the world juniors and posted a save percentage of 0.923 and you know we look at the draft and a lot of teams go for the defensemen they go for the forwards some teams are kind of hesitant to take a goalie with their first round pick but in this draft considering how talented this goalie is i think i see a lot of teams considering taking him with their first round pick for sure yeah i feel like the last few years it's been such a wave of um young goalies um just showing basically what they're made of and showing you know the league that they're that they're pretty darn good and that, you know, they can be trusted just as much as the older goaltenders within the league. And um, I don't know, it's exciting stuff because it's exciting to see, you know, I guess teams step out of the norm or, you know, list step out of the norm and not have forwards, you know, be the predominant, um, you know, prospects um, of that draft year, because, you know, I'm not going to lie. It does get tiring at times. I mean, like, you know, you know, forwards will come up and be like, well, yeah, he's a great goal scorer or look at him. He can really skate like he can skate really fast or he's a great, you know, playmaker. Um, you know, of course, the league and teams, you know, need plenty of that. But, you know, there's nothing you can do if you don't have players defending the back line <laughs> when, you know, worst comes to worst and you have a counterattack or you have, you know, the opposing team's really great players making really great plays. So you can't only rely on amazing forwards. And I've said this time and time again. So like Grace was saying, it's exciting to kind of see a defenseman make up those lists because uh, I love watching defensemen's play. And it's probably one of the best parts of, you know, you know, having, or one of the fundamental parts of having um, a fun game to watch. Ranked number 11 by Central Scouting out of the North American Skaters, Carson Lambeau, uh, another defenseman, born, okay, does this make you guys feel as old as it makes me feel? He's born in 2003. That makes me feel old. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. Uh, He's six foot one, 197 pounds. I still think it's weird to talk about how much they weigh but yeah. <laughs> whatever <laughs> you want to know. So we'll say it. Um, but what really got me with this guy is his elite prospects assessment. And just the last line, 
It says he fakes shots and passes, waits for the defender to commit, and then bursts into the space he created. Because this guy, I watched one highlight video of him, has a wicked shot. And he is so incredibly skilled at getting defensemen to do what he wants them to do that I think at number 11, it might have been a little low for him even. Um, so I am excited to see where Carson Lambeau goes in the draft. Interesting stuff. This is why I like having two ladies who know their stuff about junior hockey and young prospects because God knows I don't know that much. <laughs> so thank you guys for contributing to that conversation because it's always exciting to talk about young and new players and what they have to contribute or what they can't contribute to this, uh, to these, to these teams and to this um, improving game, which only gets better year by year. And now to end things off, we're going to end things off with my final question. And my final question has to do with the expansion draft tomorrow. So my question for you guys is who will be the biggest deal in the expansion draft? So basically, which player will be the one to grab a player who would be a big asset for a team to lose, but a great win for the Kraken? So Grace, you go first. Oh, no, not me. <laughs> you always go first. So I know. you should know this. I know things. <laughs> Um, I don't, I don't know if he's the biggest player for the Seattle Kraken to win, but I think that he would be a significant one for them to pick up. And I think it's Matt Duchesne. Um, because when you're building a team through scratch, you want a player that's going to be able to just kind of be neutral with all the other guys. And I feel like Matt Duchesne is one of those players. You don't really want to pick any like big personalities, just in case things don't mesh well. Um, so like PK Subban, I love the guy. He's so great. But to put him in that locker room right away, I don't know if that would be the best choice. So for me, it's Matt Duchesne. Um, he only played 34 games last season uh, in the regular season, had 13 points. And then in the playoffs, he played six games. I can't read my own numbers and had three <laughs> points. <laughs> I'm like, why did I write this in my document? So funny. Um, so he's decent player. Obviously it's Matthew Shane. And also I think that he's just a good addition to the locker room. Interesting choice. I definitely did not expect that, but I like that. answer. I didn't either, but here I am. <laughs> okay. Alessia, you, you give us our, your answer now. So Grace kind of went with a player that would be amazing for Seattle. And I read Marjorie's part of the question where it'd be a significant loss. If, the player was picked up. So I know I mentioned Carey Price, but it would be a significant loss to the Canadians if Carey Price was picked. And not because like it's, it would be just Carey Price leaving in this situation because now there's the Shea Weber news. He's out for a minimum of a season, even more potentially. Philip Deneau is on his way out because it seems as if the Canadians and him have parted ways. Tatar also likely gone. So if Carey Price leaves, I feel like the Canadians are a really different situation than they were last season. And I think it could potentially lead them to maybe maybe a small rebuild with guys like Nick Suzuki, Cole Caulfield, and Brendan Gallagher. And Grace kind of mentioned it. I was thinking about PK Subban and it, it all depends if Seattle wants to go that route, if they want a big personality. I mean, 
when Vegas came into the league, they wanted a big face. And I think that was Flurry. I think Flurry did a great job being, or he's doing a great job being the face of Vegas. But like Grace mentioned, do you want a guy like PK Subban with a big personality? You want to put him straight into the locker room? I don't know. That's something they have to consider. But, you know, great defenseman, great guy. And I think Grace also had another pick with Matt Duchesne. That's a really good guy. Great personality, great player. I mean, in terms of Flurry, Flurry has a good balance where he has a really funny personality and he loves being in the media. Um, like he's not shy of the media, that's for sure. But um, that really doesn't affect his play. With PK Subban, I does I do think at times it does affect um, what goes on the ice. So um, I mean. Great picks overall, P.K. Subban, Matt Duchesne, Carey Price. I think those would all either be great pickups or, you know, big losses for the teams that they're currently on. But as always, thank you to the both of you for answering my question and, um, you know, giving our listeners some great insight. I can't wait for the expansion draft tomorrow. Um, Everybody, let us know your thoughts. You think um, will be a definitely... um, yes for the team to take a definite definite no um but i promise you the next week we will be talking about all things seattle kraken and what's going to be going on for them in this upcoming nhl season so i hope you guys enjoyed and we'll talk to you next week (laughs) bye-bye